Hi, Hetal sir. Welcome to the podcast once again. Thank you. It's uh, it's it's a pleasure reconnecting, and uh, I still have uh, very strong memories of our last last discussion. I hope we'll yeah. make it a lot more exciting this time around. Absolutely, sir. Because you know, last time we talked about the fact that you did a half Ironman. You've been a, a leader, a corporate leader for twenty plus years. You work with Microsoft, LinkedIn, Wipro, other companies, and you've been a triathlete as well so now since we're talking for the second time you've done a full iron man which is something people dream of i still dream of it because that's the pinnacle of success when it comes to like uh, you know physical activity running cycling and stuff which i do every day and uh, you know having you achieve this i would love to talk to you about it on the episode today want to gain more insight into what it feels to you know uh, participate in such a marathon how do you go about preparing how can one prepare for it as well and you know what kind of challenges should be aware of like and how can one prepare for it better to ace that race and even finish it right like, finishing that race is one tough challenge which i read about and you know even your journey is so inspiring so on that note sir i think i'll hand it over to you to go through your intro once again and talk a little bit about the races you've done till now the number of races you've done till now as well no it's it's good that you you brought up the chance to talk because uh, one amusing fact uh, and it's been what 7 months since i finished my ironman but the number of people who are wowed by my ironman is a very small fraction compared to number of people who don't know what's ironman my <laughs> okay. um, my most amusing um, uh episode is when i mentioned it to my niece that uh, i was traveling to kazakhstan for iron man she actually thought i'm going for some social work where i'm going to be like a, a cult hero who's going to be helping save lives of people oh is it because it's iron man that's why yeah yeah so that was funny and and in fact even till date um, i spend half the time telling people what's iron man after they wow oh, wow you done an iron man okay what is it <laughs> right Yeah so I think for the listeners who might uh, not be very sure um Ironman is a triathlon competition it includes uh, 3.8 kilometers of swimming 180 kilometers of cycling and 42 kilometers of running the overall average cut off across different races is about 17 hours which was 16 and a half 16.5 hours in my case in Kazakhstan it varies across cities based on the level of difficulty involved um you can take as many breaks as you want but then there are session breaks so um swim plus getting on the bike course was 220 uh okay. finishing the bike and getting on the run was 1030 right so those cutoffs also have to be accounted for apart from the overall cutoff so yeah you can you know you can stop somewhere in between you can eat drink whatever you feel like whatever you carrying and it's available on the route okay um, but you have a overall time limit to take care of and of course it's uh, it's not technically competitive it's you know you're basically competing with yourself till you reach a crazy enough time of like 8 hours 9 hours when you might probably be among the elite athletes who are competing for getting a place in the uh, world ironman championship which happens in hawaii in kona end of the year yeah but you know we all are mere mortals we are we can't even dream about getting there so we are just happy uh, getting to the finish line got it the second aspect about ironman which people ask is you know where does it happen right so traditionally there were about 40 cities shortlisted across the world which used to do it and they were very popular now i know for a fact that the number of cities the number of events has grown a lot india has its first time man but unfortunately it's not a full it's just a 70.3 
which oh, is half okay. the distance, which happens in Goa, uh, roughly around in November every year. So yeah, that's the opportunity for Indians to, uh, as a step one, if you are looking at Ironman journey, before you set go abroad and spend a lot of money, you could probably dip your fingers and try it out in India mm. and try it out. Uh, on my personal journey, yeah, it's been about um, eight years or yeah, nine years since I started uh, my first uh, run uh, i did my adhm which is airtel daily half, half marathon way back in 2013 and since then i've done about uh, 23 plus half marathons i've wow. done 20 plus full marathon i've done a 50k ultra in malnad in 2018 i did the half ironman in delhi in 2018 again and recently completed the full ironman i i went abroad for the first time for running in 2022 i did my chicago marathon which was my first uh, full international marathon and of course it was one of the six major so there are six majors in the world which is boston mm. new york chicago tokyo london and berlin got it and, uh, yeah so i i just completed one of them they call it six stars that's again a great accomplishment yeah. mm, interesting you know i think i've heard about the iron man a lot of times during my journey of of running and you know cycling and tell me, why did you want to participate in the Ironman Triathlon? Like, what was the motivation behind participating? And probably when you did get that motivation and when you kind of applied for it, you get some sort of a prep time like for, uh, and uh, probably it's by invite as well, right? The Ironman Triathlon. Tell me the process of, you know, what motivated you to just go for that? And how did you get selected and stuff? Okay, so and you know in, it's interesting. Uh, both my running journey and my triathlon journey happened purely by sheer coincidence or a quirk of a moment. I decided to take up running in the first place in 2013. Similarly, I decided to do the triathlon or the the pre prelude to half Ironman in Delhi. I did a triathlon, which was a shorter distance. You know, a friend randomly suggested to sign up, and I signed up. But now when I think about it in hindsight, uh, you know, it's a very natural evolution for every runner. And uh, among the three sports, running is invariably the easiest one because you don't need any gear. I mean, you can get out in your yeah. bata shoes and go for a yeah. run any fine day. You know, regardless of you're wearing a shorts or a pant or a trouser or a t-shirt, doesn't matter. You can just go out and run. So it's the relatively the most easy uh, event to start practicing as far as physical agility is concerned. You know, at some point of time, once you have done enough number of half and full marathons, you tend to ask that big question, what next, right? Mm. And invariably, there are two ways to go. One is you could go ultra. So you could increase the distance of your running, you know, from a 42 kilometer in full marathon, you could go to a 50, 60, 100, 200. There's a 555 La Ultra in Ladakh, which is wow. probably the scariest run in India, as far as I know. Crazy. Um, you do it over a period of days. Just okay. don't do it in one day. So don't yeah. try and do it. Don't try to do five fifty five days <laughs> in one year. You'll go. You'll kill me. <laughs> or Definitely. if you don't get killed yourself, you'll come and kill me. <laughs> <laughs> no. So that's the ultra way. The hmm. second one, which is the route which I chose, was to go multi sport. Right. So from a just from a running, you can switch to a duathlon, which is a combination of running and cycling, hmm. or you can go to a triathlon. It's it's funny. I mean, the number of people whom I have met who say we I don't know swimming is quite a lot, and I feel very sad and and I think it's very unfortunate that they didn't pick up swimming as a activity. Yeah. yeah, if you bundle all three of them together, it's triathlon. So it's all about uh, you know going incremental, you know, adding that incremental effort or adding an additional challenge to yourself. I I completely thrive on challenges, uh, and I believe that 
if someone says this is difficult, then I'm all the more keen to do it. Ironman happens to be a, a competition which fits in from that definition perspective. So that's the part about why I ended up signing up for a triathlon. Yep. Um, your next question was with regard to the entire journey. Yeah. Um, now, Ironman doesn't require a qualification, right? I mean, okay. you have money and you register in time. Okay. Which is, I feel it's not a good thing considering mm-hmm. the amount of effort involved. But there is a mental check uh, already in place, right? Uh, invariably, you're traveling from somewhere. Uh, mm-hmm. You're not fortunate to have Ironman in our country. But mm-hmm. invariably, people have to travel to an Ironman. Uh, right. It's a grueling competition. So if anyone is not even 75% sure, people would not really sign up and reach there. And uh, there's a sign-up cost as well, and mm. they're not, they don't come cheap. I don't have the precise number right now with me, but mm. it's definitely not cheap to sign up for Ironman, right? So mm. you would think a bit, of course, you know, if you're rich and you have money is not an issue, you might probably sign up for a lot of Ironman and travel. But ultimately, the body has to uh, follow as well, right? So it's a combination of financial uh, readiness versus and physical readiness. And of course, mental readiness comes in. That's yeah. probably the most important. I mean, you need to be mentally ready even before you get physically ready and financially ready. So that's right. the first part. Uh, you don't require a qualification, but you would want to do enough practice. You would want to do a small, you would want to, of course, be running marathons for sure. 100%. Of course, you need to be cycling for sure. Of course, you yeah. have to have swimmed before for sure. Mm. In the mm. pool, even if you're not swam in the open water. But, you know, without that readiness, you would not go. And if you are ready, then you, know, you can actually build up your mental agility to be saying that yeah this is something which i want to inspire for no it's fine uh so i think uh from what i gather is that you know there's one thing which kind of still is clicking in my head that if say somebody who has just begun his running journey or her running journey right and you know they enjoy the running process and they enjoy cycling and stuff is there a particular time when they sh- get that uh voice in their head that okay i can go for an ironman triathlon or it's like you need to be you know a seasoned runner and stuff like that to you know progress or just participate in Ironman triathlon what do you think uh in the sense would you want to reframe the question okay so for example if someone is a beginner in terms of running and cycling and swimming right and you know yeah. just to give advice to somebody who's who wants who can you know participate in Ironman does one need to be a seasoned uh you know runner or a long time runner or experienced runner to just uh, you know participate in Ironman or can they be beginner level as well? Like because definitely need practice to participate in Ironman, right? Yeah. So from your perspective, you know, are, yeah, your uh, your question is valid because I have seen people who are are technically seasoned runners, and yet I have seen people who have not done a uh, lot of great distances as well. Yeah. So there are different uh, levels of experience which people bring as far as Ironman is concerned. But yeah, I mean, all said and done, you know, you want to have some uh, miles under your belt, right? You want to do a you might have done a few um, half marathons, full marathons, uh, done long distance cycling in an event, not just in practice. Because an event really tests you out. It gives you that sense of confidence that not only can you do the distance, but then you can do a distance in a particular time. Yes, of course, you can always time yourself. But you know, when you're in the event, you know, with, with all these setup and the support established in a, in a timed run or a timed event, you tend to get that mental understanding in place Got and of course, the most critical is the swimming, right? Because swimming in most of the cases is open water, which is either a lake or an ocean, right? It's And it's drastically different from what, you know, we are used to in pool swimming. Mm-hmm. So yes, preparation of that level is needed. Uh, you might be an amateur uh, in all the three sports yeah. and you can still sign up and do it, but, but uh, you're better off practicing a lot. Got it. 
So from that, I think let's just move to the practice bit. Like how did you practice and prepare for the Ironman triathlon? And then after that, we'll talk about your journey over there in the Ironman. So I, you know, first disclaimer, this practice is not advisable. Okay. I did it. Maybe I did it because I could pull it off, but it's not the ideal way to practice. So I technically spent just two months uh, as far as practice is concerned. So the event was in August, 14th of August. And June and July is the two months when I slogged myself big time in all three aspects. So within these two months, I did 29 kilometers of swimming, 850 kilometers of cycling, and 230 kilometers of running. And that mm -hmm. was just in the weekend, right? Weekdays, I was spending time going to the gym and building my core upper body strength, uh, core workouts. Yeah. Uh, so nine weekends is all that I did all this. I used to do a swim plus cycle combination on Saturday and I would mm -hmm. run on Sunday. I did a trial half Ironman during the practice. So I did the 1.8 kilometers of, of swimming in the pool, got out, took my bike ride for 90 kilometers, came back and did a half marathon. I started at 4 a.m. and I think finished at 11 a.m. or something. That's all. Mm -hmm. so, so I think the practice part in terms of T3 events is, um, you know, you do mix and match, right? You gradually increase the distance, then mm -hmm. do brick training, which is combination of swim plus bike, bike plus run. Um, get yourself used to how you're going to transition from one activity to the other. Okay. The people who are still overawed by the gigantic nature of this event, yeah. When you're doing three different sports and you're doing them back to back, yeah. there are different muscles being used. So there is absolutely no excuse for physical tiredness. Mm. So just because you swam, there is no reason why you can't bike. Yeah. And just because you bike, there's no reason you can't run. So it's purely a mental game at, at the end of the day. How do you sustain yourself continuously to be on your legs, literally, not in the water, but, but in the water, of course, you're using your legs as well. Yeah. But technically to be on your legs from morning, six o'clock when the event starts till about seven, eight, nine p.m. when it ends. When I told my mother about the fact that I finished, she was like, bitter lunch me kya khaya? I said, <laughs> there was no lunch. There was no breakfast. There was no lunch. Yeah. I had one pizza for dinner at 10, 30 in the night after the event got over. So you know, you need to get yourself mentally used to the fact that you're going to be surviving on energy gels and bananas and fruits mm. and, uh, you know, protein shakes and drinks and uh, soda and all yeah. uh, during those uh, 16 hours. Yeah. And uh, tell me about the diet. Like, what did you follow in terms of the diet? Because this is an endurance sport, right? Where you kind of may lose muscle in the process and whatever, like the body may just break down. So the diet is also important in a way. So what did you do when it came to diet so fortunately for me i've not had a liking for heavy food or fast food generally i've, I've generally been very cautious eater mm -hmm. uh, i'm a light eater i don't eat too much of heavy food i typically believe in the reverse pyramid concept where i have where i eat breakfast like a king eat lunch like a common man and eat dinner like a papa that's one thing second is of course you know i was very conscious of what i was eating so i oriented more towards healthy food but at the same time, I was ensuring I was doing enough carb loading and enough intake of protein um, and, and making sure it's a balanced diet. I was making sure that I was getting my macronutrients and micronutrients right. I was not following a nutritionist. I was not following a specific diet. Hmm. Yet I was eating enough and ensuring that I was burning much more than I was eating. Right. So I use the Healthify Me app, which is super duper in terms of tracking your food intakes. And it automatically inculcates a sense of a discipline in terms of 
watching what you're eating and ensuring that you don't go overboard on any of the foods. Um, yeah, staying healthy. So I think I lost about two, three kilos in the whole process. Wow. Uh, I was able to get more lean and, and stay fit. So the mm-hmm. trick here is, uh, you know, since you're burning so many calories, you would naturally feel that you need to eat more. Yep. The reality is that there is enough within our body for us to suck out from within without needing any support from any chole bhutures or dal chawals to be added to mm. the uh, to the course. So from what I understand is that you don't need a really special diet to prepare for an Ironman. No. No. Probably uh, the practice is, you know, if you keep going for like a month or two when body just adapts to the change. Yeah. And, you know, uh, from this, I had another question around the fact that didn't you reach a breaking point during the practice where you felt like, oh my God, this is getting too much for me in terms of even preparing for such a long endurance sport? It's funny that you asked me because this is an incident which uh, I don't think I've written anywhere or narrated to anyone. So it's first time coming online. So so I think it was first week of July, I was out for a practice run. So this is the day when I was doing the half Ironman practice. So I'd woken up at six o'clock. The pool in my apartment didn't open before that. So Six to seven, I did the 1.9 kilometers of swimming, got out, got on my bike, and I was supposed to do the 90 kilometers of cycling, which I finished in about three and a half hours. So roughly, I started at seven. So by 11, I had got out uh, out of my bike and had gone to the run course. It was about 11.15 weekday. um, There was traffic on the road. Weekday or maybe it was Saturday. I don't remember uh, there was traffic on the road, middle of the road at 11.30. I'm like running, running, running. And yeah. I think I'd completed about 10 kilometers. Another 10 was more to go. And I, middle of the road, I stopped and I started crying. I mean, like literally oh. tears were pouring out. The simple question which I could not answer was, what the hell was I doing? Why mm-hmm. was I there in middle of the day running for no reason? Because I'm not, there's no medal waiting for me. I didn't have a buddy running along with me. There was yeah. nobody to cheer me right since uh, 6 a.m. in the morning. I was on the street. I had not spoken to anyone. I had not opened my phone. Yep. No communication. I'm literally like I was in a, a zombie mode, right? Mm. And I was like, what am I doing? I need yeah. to just go home, right? There's something wrong with me. I need to get a mental checkup done, right? So <laughs> I think that was one point. Uh, I wouldn't call it a breaking point, but I think it was a doubt check moment for me. Uh, to be very conscious and aware about uh, what I was doing. And I think that kind of added to the seriousness. In fact, I, I promised myself that I would be shedding tears when I when I touched the finish line after the Ironman. But, you know, that moment was such a glorious moment. I mean, I was far away from feeling so yeah. emotional to start crying. Of course, I was very emotional uh, in the end. Yeah. Um, there, there, are, there is a beautiful video which my daughter captured when I finished and I was like all pumping fist and galloping towards the end uh, there's absolutely no sign of tiredness yeah um, but then yeah you know that that was one moment where I really felt I know there's something wrong with me that's crazy and you know during the even what happens is when you practice and when you prepare you follow certain people like people who've completed Iron Man or you know uh, certain idols in your life like did you have any idol did you follow during the practice session or during the journey um yeah so I think Abhishek Mishra is one of the Ironman and Ultraman. He's among the, I think, the earliest Ultraman in India. Yeah. Um, I treat him like a more like a buddy, a friend. So I did consult him. I had a deep, detailed one-on-one with him to understand his own journey. How how did he do his first Ironman? Um, then I spoke to a couple of other people as well, just to understand, you know, what was their experience like. Yeah. But you know, ultimately, we have to craft our own script, right? I mm. mean, we came alone in this world. Uh, our all our journeys are unique, and the way we will finally 
accomplish each of our assignments is going to be unique in itself and and that's how, that's how it makes a beautiful story so yeah i did get uh, inspired and motivated by a lot of other people but uh, ultimately the training schedule i crafted was completely my own i mean mm. in fact a very close friend of mine who's done two ironmans in 2021 he was actually worried for me he was like khetan i am getting worried for you because the level of training you're putting in is not enough Mm. Uh, typically they say you should be on the road for 13 to 15 hours average wow. every week uh, during the practice i was clogging about 7 8 hours which was mm. almost 20% half yeah yeah so you know even though you might be amazed by the amount of mileage i clocked in those two months the problem was it was just two months it's typically yeah. ironman practices for six months wow. so i cramped That's everything crazy. in just those two months right so yeah i mean you know you have an idol but ultimately you you craft your own rules and and follow them it's glad you mentioned abhishek mishra's name because he was there on the podcast uh, i think like one and a half years ago and we had that conversation around running and you know inspiration leadership and stuff so he was amazing uh, he with his thinking guy, yeah he was so clear with his approach so yeah definitely yeah. an inspiration and then uh, you know hetal uh, after the prep comes the race right like when you yeah. reach that spot kazakhstan right yeah and how did you choose that uh, race like that's the another question which i wanted to ask before you get to the race why did you choose kazakhstan and what was the thinking behind that yeah i think i think two things first is i wanted an easy course being the first one i really didn't want to like overburden myself with something too difficult for me to handle eventually mm-hmm. because regardless of whatever practice you do you can't simulate the exact precise condition in a particular place Right. you know you, if you know it's a hilly terrain you will go and you know practice on the hills and so and so forth so i wanted to be sure that on paper it's an easy course um and kazakhstan is among one of the easy courses and i okay. absolutely no embarrassment in sharing that i i was conscious of wanting to go for something easy hmm. um second is it just happened right i mean i got to know it's happening and like a bunch of people were signing up and i signed up and eventually it turned out to be a very wise decision because there were 227 indians from india participating out of 2000 people india was the second largest country after the oh. host nation which is very unusual in a in a race especially a destination like kazakhstan mm. i mean new york or london or paris you would assume yeah you know there would be a lot of indians anyway but for mm. so many indians to go to kazakhstan i think i was just fortunate to have a great bunch of people we had a whatsapp group there were like 200 odd people in the whatsapp group and we Crazy. chatted and discussed we exchanged notes you know who's taking what and all and so and so forth so a lot of things got ironed out because you know i i went alone my daughter came along with me but as a participant i was like purely participating alone but then of course we ended up being buddies out there and and you know uh, when you said kazakhstan and it's an easy course like when you say easy what does it exactly mean like what okay. hills and terrain so and stuff so, yeah. uh, in the run and the bike it was a flat course right so that's okay. easy a difficult terrain would in, include include inclines which can be painful both in running and cycling in the swim part uh, this was neither a ocean which is the toughest neither was it a lake in fact it was more like a canal right so the okay. water was relatively still see large water body can never remain still right hmm. uh, so it was not still there there were it had its own challenges the water was very murky and dirty Uh, let me warn people who plan to go to Kazakhstan. But then, of course, once you reach there, you know, even if it was like uh, dirtiest possible water, you would just jump and do it because you're there, and there are thousands of other people doing that. So, yeah, that's the that's the definition of easy. That it's the the water is not ocean. Anything yeah. not ocean is easier. Mm-hmm. And of course, the fact that it was a flat terrain. 
and you know just wanted to understand what's the difference between swimming in an ocean and swimming in a pool like, oh it's a huge difference because you know in a pool um, the the distance while it is clear uh, even in ocean if you, if you have a smart watch like the one i have you can actually mm-hmm. measure the distance even in ocean but most people won't have a smart watch you will you will be randomly swimming around without knowing how much actually you are distance so the fact that you have a set distance in a pool makes it advantages the fact that you can see through the base mm-hmm. helps you to track yourself even if there are no uh, uh, tracks on the okay pool right yeah. even if there are no lanes right mm. uh, if there are lanes are there then of course you know you are great you, know, you just swim back swim back go back go back go back loop uh, laps but in an ocean you can't do that correct so invariably what happens is you tend to lose direction you go too much on the left or you go too much on the right in an open water they typically provide boys which are uh, placed at certain distances yeah. they are markers it helps you to have a broad sense but they're not right next to you right they are at a distance so you still go wrong and the other thing is it's open water right so it's a free for oh. all of us just jump in together right so someone will hit you from the left someone will hit you from the right your hand will touch someone's leg someone's legs will touch your head and so on and so forth right all kind of uh, pushing and trudging happens not just in the initial part um, even later down and people are just trying to find the shortest possible way to reach the end point and and there's a major yeah. traffic jam and in fact that's that's how you good you reminded me swimming turned out to be the toughest part for me because um, you know i i lost track and uh, against the 220 cut off uh, you know i got on my bike at 217 Three minutes more, and I would have had a DNF. I would have been back home, not yeah. been allowed to even complete the race. Forget about getting it. DNF means uh, did not finish. Did not finish. Yeah, got it. So from the experience, like uh, you chose Kazakhstan. Now you're on the race day, like when the race is going to start. Like, what is the time and what is the feeling like over there? People and stuff all prepped to get started. You know, I, I have a philosophy in life. If you have a problem, go and find a bigger. problem so that the first problem becomes inconsequential okay. um so I, i i put in so much of effort in my practice that the event turned out to be like a cakewalk literally like a cakewalk i mean there's no uh, no doubting the fact that it was the longest possible event i had ever participated in the amount of effort i expended in one single event definitely was the highest but i didn't sense it right one is of course because of the the competition you have a large crowd participating with you there are volunteers who are cheering none of that happens in a practice right even if you're practicing with two or three buddies of yours you know you don't get that same kind of a feel in the event right so practice is far more difficult than the actual event mm. uh, the momentum just carries you on right the fact that you are there this is it you know this is a make or break moment for you you ensure right. that you put in your 110% effort towards you know making sure that you reach the finish line and i was telling this informally with the bunch of uh, people who were on a whatsapp group and you know, a lot of people were getting those nervy moments or any pata nahi what will happen yaar i'm getting nervous whether we do it i said all of us have been on this journey for the last 6 months and we you know done put in enough blood sweat and tear in our practice there are only two reasons why someone would not finish right one is you get an injury in in physical sport there is always a possibility that you might get yourself injured second is a uh, equipment malfunction which is typically with the bike right. some people forget us you know swimming glasses or their glasses break or something that's a very rare case but the number of instances where people might have a problem with their bike a quite a few of them right so mm-hmm. i said apart from these two instances rest assured we'll all get the finish line 
and we smiling and cheering and high fiving each other at the finish line and a lot of people later acknowledge and they said yeah that was so true right i mean the fact that we were there there were people egging us on to get to the finish line so you know for for me it was like a dream i would come true <laughs> 100% so go through the phases like swimming you talked about that you were bumping into each other when you started then uh, you know uh, just go through the feeling of the course like the whole race swimming and then cycling and then running what was going through your mind and how was your body responding and stuff like just wanted to know your experience sure so i think the 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 start was 6 am uh, 5 am okay. was reporting we had got our bikes deposited at the start point previous day itself um we we woke up at i think 3 am uh, we had a light snack and uh, left the hotel around 4 4:30 reached the venue we just walked across so we were staying in a hotel close by um got ready for the swim we reached there changed got our wetsuits wetsuit are typically needed at the temperature of the water is below 24 degrees it was 21 that day okay uh, and so on that morning they announced the water temperature and inform whether a wetsuit is allowed or not allowed about 24 a wetsuit is not recommended because it's quite hot hmm. below 24 it's up to you whether you want to wear a wetsuit it's recommended so we wore a wetsuit and the swim went uh, as i mentioned about it you know just just cross the uh, touch line and got out and changed into my bike gear and got onto a bike the bike turned out to be relatively easier um okay. simply because uh, you know i had the momentum backing me uh but then i finished my bike much faster my my estimate time for the bike was about 7 and a half hours i finished in 656 wow. or something right so i i beat myself and i think that gave me a huge momentum so if i had targeted 2 hours for the swim and 7 and a half hours mm. for the bike which was 9 and a half hours i would have still had 6 and a half 6 and a half hours for my run uh since i finished in 6 hours it was 6 plus 2 and a half 8 and a half so hmm. i literally had almost 8 hours ahead of me for the run okay. so i was very relaxed when when i moved to the run section um hmm. so i was you know going very easy i was not pushing myself of course i was tired and i didn't need to so i did a more combination of walk run walk run and i i took 5 hours and 15 minutes for my run which hmm. is way bad compared to my best Uh, full marathon time at that was around 4:12 or 4:15 but then of course you know since i knew i had ample amount of time i just took yeah. it easy and that's also because you had done this swimming and cycling or that's why you were kind of tired as well like during yeah, the running yeah there, there was of course you know there's some uh, tiredness which gets passed on there's no denying yeah. and you know i'm always uh, you know kind of fearful when i see lots of people in the in the ocean like jumping at the same time right so uh, you know did that fear hit you somewhere that so many people are swimming hitting each other and stuff people may just drown and stuff something like yeah, that yeah you know i mean you know when you jump of, of course you know you jump alone but the moment you jump there is someone jumping every 10 seconds after Correct. you and we all have our own pace right um, yeah. it's, it's it's impossible for the organizers to precisely say okay you're going to swim at this pace and so on and so forth it's impossible so yeah there was a lot of hitting around and and you know when you're swimming and you're swimming for an iron man your hand really hits hard okay yep. so i know i would have hit a lot of people just the way a lot of people hit me but then you know sooner or later i think you know we all find our way out and there is enough space there's no denying the fact that there's enough space in the water it's all about compromising on pace uh, letting the other person go if he's looking too desperate and ensuring the next desperate person is a little further behind you so that you can stay ahead of him all the time got it and you know uh, every time i think when i heard your course how you went through it 
what was the hardest part for you like throughout the race uh, in terms of physically challenging or mentally challenging aspect of, of the whole race for you like my hardest part was my wrist um i okay. had i had fractured my wrist about 2 weeks before my ironman so okay. 30th of july my last uh, practice bike ride i was supposed to do a 100k bike ride that day and i was on 96 and i had come back into the city but you know within the city traffic was on and i came across a signal and i thought by the time i read the signal the signal would turn to green it didn't uh, yet i still tried to you know cross the signal and at the halfway mark i had to stop because the traffic on the left side poor guys okay. didn't know i was practicing for ironman so they had absolutely no respect for me they they made sure yeah. that i had to stop and i was wearing cleats so cleats oh, are actually, yeah. uh, my shoes are stuck with the mm-hmm. pedal and i could not uncleat myself before stopping which mean that i fell and i fell on my left and i took support with my left hand um obviously entire body weight came on the left hand and uh, Factory, i yeah. i did felt i did feel that that something had gone wrong at just that moment but then i got up uh, you know i biked myself back home still felt some pain in my wrist took shower uh, i had my phd classes in the afternoon so i sat down for the class but during the class i was not feeling good about it mm-hmm. and i messaged uh, my physio i messaged my ortho communicator on whatsapp when the class was on i shared a picture of my hand i told him look this has happened the physio said don't worry do an ice pack so i went into the fridge and took out a ice pack and kept it the ortho said don't take chances go and get an x ray done just to make sure nothing is wrong i uh, went to the ortho in the evening confirmed that it was hairline fracture in my wrist fortunately for me i found an ortho who is himself a biker okay and initially he said uh, you know 6 weeks of plaster nothing doing uh, no physical sports uh you can run but you can't do anything else i said hold on i've signed up for an iron man so he spied it uh obviously he got the hint that i'm not going to back out yeah he said, when is it i said two weeks so he said come back to me after eight days we will take the cast out and see what we can do so after eight days i went he did a physical inspection uh, and he said yeah i think looks okay he gave me a splint to wear so in the pool when i jumped into the pool i was not wearing anything and that's another reason why my swim went slow Mm. my left hand was not as powerful so i was not pulling with as much power with left as with my right <laughs> got it so i was digressing more towards the right and so and so forth but the real challenge was bike uh, and for the bike i had not just kept a splint i had kept a crepe bandage as well i said depending on whatever is more comfortable i'll i'll try and wear that and because of the short time i had to transition i'd kept both the splint and the bandage along with me in my pocket i didn't wear any of this i said mm. let me just get on the track and then wear it but i got onto the track 1 uh, km 2 km 3 km no pain no not getting right. any pain at all so i kind of ditched the whole idea of the crepe bandage i should have put on the splint you know in hindsight i did a big mistake but then i just kept biking then i had not even worn mm. my gloves because i thought i'm going to wear the bandage so after 5 km i just put on the gloves and i said let me just keep the gloves on so that in case you know kudana kasta there's another fall at least my gloves will save my skin on the hand mm. so i i kept on biking and i i just enjoyed myself and like you know the doctors were later on were completely amused and amazed and surprised how could i do 7 hours of cycling 180 kilometers with a broken wrist so i think okay. i that and of course you know once i got off the bike running was fairly easy right so and not problem but yeah a lot of people attributed it to an adrenaline rush uh, you know in the heat of the moment it's very easy for you to feel painless and mm. uh, i think i was fortunate i was lucky that uh, you know i could survive that pain and get through it. 
Akkud, I came back, the fracture had worsened. I ended up putting on the cast back for another month or two. But okay. yeah, I did complete. So I think that was probably the, the single biggest hurdle which I had to hmm. overcome. And I think I got out of it. Well. And you never felt like giving up or anything at any point, like the stopping and stuff? Not for a moment at all. In fact, I was advised to use my aero bars maximum because aero bars provide you a grip which is not direct. Okay. So, you know, with your aero bar, it's not direct pressure. It's much more easier. But there were instances where I had to put my hands on the handlebar and I still was not feeling the pain. I, and I don't know if I, I would want to, <laughs> I don't want to try that, but I would really want to understand at some point of time, how mm-hmm. the hell did I do it? And so tell me that with so many participants along with you, did you see anybody like people just giving up on, on the way, like all just fainting or stuff happening? Was that fainting? No, giving up, okay. yes. I think there were people who um, signed off. Um, I later got to know there were a lot of people who had a DNF in the pool, in the swimming. In the bike, I saw uh, at least three, four people who had a bike malfunction. In fact, there was one person who was uh, standing with his bike on the side and uh, I think he had, his tire had lack, uh, lack of air and he was looking for a pump. I did stop by and help him to get air back in his bike. Hmm. Um, I'm sure there are many other people. Of course, I, I knew a lot of people uh, by the time I started. So, you know, waving and encouraging each other um, during the course. And during the run, of course, you know, I saw a lot many more people, you know, some which some who overtook me, some whom I overtook. We kept cheering and uh, boosting each other's morale to towards the end. And of course, at the end, the finish line, the the scene was completely different, right? I mean, yeah, interesting, you know. And I think that's all I had in terms of the race experience that you've talked about, right? You talked about the fact that it costs a lot of money to just even think about participating, and you know everything that goes along uh, yeah. in in the race when you want to participate along with practice. Yeah. So just give a figure of how much does it cost to, you know, go for something like Ironman. Um, the registration is anything between $500 to $1,000 ballpark. The flight, depending on where you're traveling, can easily put you off by a lakh okay. to two lakh. Uh, the hotel expenses can put you off depending on where you're going. Anything from 20000 to 50000 depending on where you're going, how many days you want to go. Mm-hmm. A lot of people go way in advance. The event was on Saturday. I knew someone who went on Monday. I reached there on okay. Thursday. I think it was fairly okay. The acclimatization depends on how far are you traveling, what time zone are you traveling to. Kazakhstan and India are like three or four hours time difference. So it was not a dramatic time difference. Hmm. Weather perspective, Kazakhstan, weather in August was not drastically cold. So I didn't have to adjust myself too much. So that can make a difference. Food expenses, um, depending on what you eat when you're there. Uh, mm. But the bulk of the expenses are in the equipment, right? So you need to have a good bike, right? And the definition of good bike varies. A great racing bike can put you off from anywhere from a lakh to seven, eight lakhs, right? I mean, bikes are that. Yeah. Not that we all need to buy that expensive, but look, I believe it's a very right thing to spend on the bike because a good bike can actually make a difference in hours in your finishing time. Right? Okay. I know a friend of mine who actually completed in like 16, 20 or something. And the only difference between the two of us was the bike. And he had a not so great bike. And he acknowledged the fact that he was putting a lot of effort in cycling because his bike was not that efficient. So I would recommend uh, spending decent amount of money on the bike to ensure that you're able to get like a pace of 28, 30 mm-hmm. kilometers per hour, which can okay. get you a decent overall time. Uh, so spending on the bike, how do you carry the bike? Cheaper option is to get a carton. Okay. And the bike shops can provide you and pack it in the carton. But it's mm-hmm. not the safest. 
the more expensive is either to get a soft bag or a hard bag. Hmm. A soft case bag could be anything 15, 20,000. A hard case bag would be 40 to 60,000 or more. I was fortunate a, a good friend of mine loaned his uh, bike box. Okay. And that kind of ensured uh, that part of expenses weren't there. For the swimming, uh, a regular swimming gear, uh, a costume doesn't cost too much. But if you go for a wetsuit, it can be anything from 15 to 20, 25,000, which is quite a lot of money as well. So I think these are the broad expenses. Of course, you know, you can spend a lot on bike accessories. Running, of course, you can have your own better shoes and so on and so forth. But these are some outstanding expenses which stand right. out, hmm. uh, which you need to account for when you think about Ironman. And I've not talked about practice expenses yep. at all. Yep. 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 I've not talked about gels. You need to have tons of gels during your practice and for the race. Um, hmm. Nutrition, hydration, uh, salt pills. They are the more insignificant costs, but the ones which I called out are the more ballpark, more expensive costs. So registration cost, travel cost, booking, uh, hotel cost, bike, swimming, wetsuit. I think these are the six, seven standout large cost expenses which you need to account for and be ready for. Interesting. And of course, you reach there and God forbid, if for some reason the event cannot happen, they are very strict rules. So, you know, assume that you could probably be coming back without even participating for no fault of yours. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that, that money is like I gone. mean, what, what if there is a huge storm blowing? Yeah, yeah. There's a snowstorm or whatever, right? Some crazy thing happens and they just can't organize. Though they try their best to, I've known of people, uh, you know, completing an Ironman in pouring rain as well. So, you know, there are always possibilities, but then what they call it, heaviest corpus, right? Hmm. You can't account for that, yeah. And which is the toughest Ironman uh, you know about? Like, is it the Kona one that happens in Hawaii? or Kona is, it... Kona is quite tough, but then there are okay. quite a few of them in Europe and US as well. Got it. So from the costing perspective, now let's talk about somebody who is a working professional and who wants to prepare for an Ironman. Like, how does one yeah. go about from scratch? Like, who say is a sort of a runner, like amateur runner and does cycling? How does one prepare for Ironman? So I think uh, you would want to stretch your practice for a longer period of time. You can't do the cram schedule as I did. Relying solely on weekends is not a great idea. You might want to spend some time in weekdays as well. But what I did was, apart from the weekend training where I was doing the swim cycle and the run, I was spending at least an hour every day in the gym on strength and core building. And I believe core exercises or core strengthening is very, very important and not talked about as much as it should be. Hmm. Even if you downplay your swim and run and cycle, yet you continue your core strengthening, hmm. you still have a great chance, even if you're not done half of that distance in practice ever, the okay. core can actually get you there. Yeah. So I think for working professionals, I know it's not very easy to take out time on a regular basis you know, you have your work travel. I always advise and I always keep my running shoes with me wherever I'm traveling. I try and, you know, uh, check on the gym facilities and the hotel that I'm going to be staying to make sure that I do have that option. Whether I do it or not, that's a different story. But ensure that, you know, there would be an option if I have time. So even while you're traveling, if you're able to keep your 25% of your fitness routine, that also can account for a lot. And ultimately, look, you know, you can't gain something without losing something. So there has to be some slack somewhere. Hmm. You get your boss prepped up or you get your team members and colleagues aware about the fact that you're doing it. I think right. anyone and everyone who knows what's an Ironman would really appreciate and understand. So as long as you're not slacking at work, as long as you're not missing your deadline and you are able to keep up that thing, I think everyone would encourage you. Yeah. I know of this instance of a friend of mine who ran the Boston Marathon on charity. He had to pay $10,000. 
his boss paid 50% of that when he did a crowdfunding wow. right no question that he says take it he said i am not even close to ever doing anything like what you're doing you're doing it take this right so there are always noble souls around who are willing to help and they would not really look at um, hmm. it as a very strong negative if you're spending some time towards a particular thing interesting uh, you talked about the core aspect of it which is pretty important any other aspect of the practice which is of crucial importance which one should not miss out on stuff like that from yeah, i think uh, you know once you start rigorous physical activity heart rate monitoring uh, your resting heart rate becomes very important so uh, either have a smart watch which is constantly telling you how your heart is performing breathing is very essential doing a lot of pranayama meditation helps a lot right so um, getting your mind mentally ready is also important not just getting your physical agility in place in the gym lifting weights should be proportionate to what the need is don't go overboard in trying to building muscles no runner you'll ever find having uh, you know muscles right we are all lean purely because yeah. our muscle gets muscle mass is not what drives us you know it's uh, parts of the body which are working towards getting us physically agile but we have strong arms right uh, we have strong core right so i think that makes a lot of so i think a combination of mental build up with meditation making sure that you are strict, uh, fixing a strict diet regime to ensure that you eating the right food and nourishing yourself constantly and of course the core strengthening i think all these three other combination should work really and you know you you read a lot of books as you mentioned that mental preparation is something that you need to do any books you'd recommend to folks when it comes to preparing for ironman and generally as well like for just building up your mental strength um i have a ready reckoner I'll, i'll share with you offline as far as the books on the ironman is concerned you know the mm-hmm. ironman triathlon a uh, couple of books are very good ones but uh, specifically on running um, the one which i ascribe all the time is what i think about when i think about running uh, by harupi uh, murakami. murakami that's again an awesome book born to run is a, a great one uh, that's again a good book on running Eat and Run by Scott Jurek was great for ultra marathon and and for being able to do a good balance between food and run right i think that combination is he's kind of uh, got it well so there are lots of books on running yep. um, in uh, and and they do help a lot right they constantly help you to guide you motivate you inspire you read about stories of uh, other runners how they've done it uh, and how they've accomplished what they have you've talked about murakami so i think you have also have some japan connection and probably japanese are great endurance athletes That's as well connection with murakami uh, is it okay he's a runner like me he's a writer like me in japan yeah so <laughs> i got my own book right so uh, i'm a writer too as well and, and i love writing about my running a uh, couple of my running blogs have been uh, you know deeply appreciated by a lot of fellow runners they said you know you you said what we were thinking about <laughs> you, you you become the voice for us in in terms of the right and that's a very natural thing right uh, when, when i read a lot uh, the first thing is i want to share what i read and uh, when i run a lot then again i want to like you know describe my experience of running because a lot of people can't understand what motivates me to wake up at 4 o'clock and be out on the road at 5 o'clock when the right. only thing i have is barking dogs who are who are also dis- <laughs> you know not happy that i'm disturbing their sleep <laughs> yeah interesting interesting so uh, before we end or even you know what's the next challenge for you i think the ultraman triathlon is something which is the next bigger challenge but is that uh, another challenge for you as well the ultraman yeah you know that's the question which has been puzzling me a lot in terms of you know after doing an ironman what more i could do and ultraman i think a bit way too far away for me i mean abhishek did it but i don't think i am anywhere close to being abhishek mishra oh yeah, but, uh, yeah. i mean someday i might do it uh, never say never but i think my immediate task is to 
do a few more ironman so i would probably want to do a lot more of open water swimming i don't think i did uh, i think swimming is a space where i want to really make significant improvement so i want to do a lot of open water swimming i want to do long distance swimathons 5k 10k uh, build up my ability to be able to swim well in oceans and then participate in an ocean included ocean inclusive ironman okay um, get that feel of uh, swimming in the ocean and of course then of course from a level of difficulty perspective i i i'm i want to open up myself to some hilly terrains to be included in the bike and swim uh, bike and run routine as well so that you know i can test myself from that level perspective 15 hours is nowhere close to wow timing as far as a simple easy ironman as well so if yeah. i go to an easy course like kazakhstan i definitely need to go to 14 and below if not less interesting and you know i would uh... want to say conclude this podcast with a quote of yours i just tweak it a bit you said life is a marathon but i now say that life life is a triathlon <laughs> because you've done one oh yeah so, because i think that adds variety aspect to life right definitely definitely i think could be one synergistic start to end thing but triathlon is where you know school life marriage life retired life right you could break it into those three parts Hundred percent, hundred percent, and I think my even for me personally, that's going to be my next challenge. Uh, participating in a triathlon because I've participated in marathons. Running is I've been doing it for a while. Cycling I've been part doing it for a while now. Swimming I've been doing since my childhood, so I have some experience of swimming as well. So yeah, next that, challenge that for me is. I've been I've been swimming since age six. Not constantly, yeah. but I learned swimming when I was a six year old. So you know that that has stayed with me right. The moment that I helps. Pool, yeah, I'm like a natural, but. I don't have pace, uh, but good stamina. I've always been good at uh, stamina as far as swimming is concerned. Superb, sir. I think uh, that was so insightful for me personally as well because I'm such an enthusiast, and you know, I just want to participate in triathlons and you know, see myself in your shoes someday. So that's that's uh, how I want to conclude this uh, podcast today. And glad to be having this chat with you, sir, once again. And probably we're going to have another conversation when you take part in the Ultraman triathlon one day. <laughs> so hope for that uh, to happen very soon and on that note sir i think i'll close the episode thank you so much for joining in no total pleasure i mean uh, it's it's always great to rekindle my memories of my one of my biggest achievements so far yeah. pleasure talking to you and i hope i've been able to clear the funda of a lot of people about ironman and uh, and inspire a lot many more to actually participate and emulate me uh, in my achievements Ultraman is very far away, but I hope we can find another reason to chat again. Thank you. Hundred percent, sir. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks.